Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Andy, for your ministry this morning. Please turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. While you are turning there, um, let me extend my gratitude to God for the opportunity to stand in front of you once more with the word of God. We as a church in the last few years are going through various difficult trials and challenges. And this has been weighing on my heart heavily. Over the last few years, many of us lost our loved ones. Fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, husbands, wives, nephews, nieces, and close friends. This week we heard about Tyler Carter, who is the nephew of our brother Matt Carter, who we prayed this morning. Tyler was just 17 years old when he lost his life tragically through a car accident. Our church has also been praying for those who are sick amongst our midst. We have been praying for those in our church suffering and re-suffering from cancer. We have been praying for Louis and Kristen. We have been praying for those in our church who are struggling with mental challenges such as depression. There may be many here who are struggling with something privately. Maybe you are feeling lonely, discouraged, not motivated to do anything, or perhaps you are struggling financially, or perhaps you are dealing with children or family members who are far away from God. There may be some here who are struggling with their parents. Some of you might be struggling with old age or other illnesses. Whatever circumstances or challenges you are going through this morning, my goal is with the help of Holy Spirit to speak directly to your heart and encourage you in the word of God. Let's read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Oftentimes, when this passage is read, many people like to concentrate only on verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There is nothing wrong with focusing on that verses, but it is very important that we read verse 13 in the context of previous verses. In the previous verses, we read, we read that Paul has learned to be condemned in whatever circumstances, whether it be hunger or welfare, 
whether it is to be in need or have plenty. Whatever the circumstances, Paul is content. Content. What a beautiful word. What a word that gives peace. Paul is saying that whatever trial he faces, he has learned to be content. We are living in a culture that is not content. Many people are not content with what we have. Some are not content with their jobs. Some are not content with their salary. Some are not content with clothing. And some are not content with family. And some are not content with their house. I could go on and on. In fact, this morning I was so surprised to read about this, this article. It goes like this. The chief financial office, officer of Bed Bath & Beyond has been identified as the man who jumped to his death from iconic new skyscraper known as Genka Building. Gustavo Arnal, 52 years, who also was an executive vice president of, of struggling home goods retailer, plunged from the 18th floor of 60 floor building. If you look at uh, Credentials is amazing. He was the CFO for Procter and Gamble. He was the CFO for Avon. He was the CFO for Bed Bath and Beyond. His salary is last year he caught about 2.9 million dollars. Last year his salary was. I don't know anything about his background other than I just read this news this morning. We're living in a culture that is not content. The fact is that people who are not content with them themselves often look to the world to find contentment. They look to the world for contentment instead of the word of God. Some who are not content will go into the world and find drugs to try to hide their discontentment. Or they will find alcohol or they will find motivational speakers or spiritual gurus to find contentment. But the world can never give you contentment. It will do the opposite. You will find yourselves in a never-ending circle of discontentment. When we think about Paul, we might wonder how this man can say that he is condemned. Where is Paul when he is trying, when he is writing this letter to Philippians? Paul is in prison. How can Paul be in prison and say he is condemned? Most of us, if we are in prison, will try to get out of the prison as quickly as possible. Our brother Joe Boyard, I don't see him yet, is a retired cop. And one time Eunice and I had the opportunity to visit the Blue Ash police office where he worked. When Joe gave us a tour, he showed us a jail room that is used to hold prisoners temporarily. He said that he has allowed young children to go in there and see what it is like in hopes that they will never want to visit a jail cell again. So a jail cell is usually is not considered a happy place. But here, Paul is in a prison, writing a letter to the Philippians, 
talking about contentment. He has lost his freedom and he is currently chained to a Roman soldier. As a prisoner, he was probably given very little food and that probably not good food. But if you read the Bible, there are many other things that could cause discontentment in Paul's life. We read in Corinthians that Paul had a thorn in the flesh. In other words, he had a serious health issue that could not be cured. How can anyone with a thorn in the flesh can be content? What could have caused discontentment? We read that Paul was beaten many times and put in prison many times for preaching the gospel. How painful were those beatings? Most people in our generation would think that he will need a therapy for all the beatings he got. So how can he look at his scars from the beatings and say he is content? We might say, well, that was all the past. But how about the future? What does Paul see in this immediate future? Well, he is in prison awaiting a trial before Nero. And this trial could possibly result in execution. How can a man who is on death row be content? Let me ask you a question. Was Paul being content about everything? Let us look at verse 11. Chapter 4, verse 11. Paul says, I have learned to be content. Through the experience that Paul faced in life, through the provision of God, He has learned so much in life. His life has led him through valleys and shadows. And each of these experiences taught Paul to be content. The book of Acts describes some of the turmoil he went through. From the worldly perspective, someone will think that Paul's life was worse after he became a Christian. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, We who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, verse 24, Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with roads. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from our own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. I have been labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Beside everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. What we read here is all the reasons Paul should not be content. Yet, despite everything that Paul has gone through in his life. Paul says he is content because he is living 
through the strength of Christ. Dear friends, Christian life is not a life of a smooth sailing. But be content in the fact that we can gain strength through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So now the big question. Why should Paul be content? Because Paul knows that he is an all-powerful sovereign God controlling his life. He believed that God knows all the circumstances in his life and those circumstances were there to accomplish God's holy purpose. He can be condemned because he knew God was in control. He can be condemned because he knows that whatever happens to him on this earth, that God is in control and that even if he dies, he will see that, see that as a gain because he will be with his Lord. There is a lot of calm in that kind of faith. Let's talk discontentment. Do you know when discontentment comes? Discontentment comes when we want to control everything. We think in our small brains that things should go this way and then when it goes after this way, we are discontent. Many people who are discontent often do not have faith in the divine plan, but want to see things happen according to their own plan. According to the book of Isaiah chapter 55, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Beloved brothers and sisters, we cannot fathom what God's plans are for us. But all of us who live in Christ and live for Christ, the Bible gives this promise, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Why does it work together for good? Because those who have accepted Christ in their lives and follow Him daily know that God is in charge and He will lead us through. Paul shares a secret in verse 12. It's always nice when people share the secrets about their success, isn't it? Once there was a rich, successful bank president, a reporter came to him and asked the bank president, what his secret to success was. The president replied, two words, right decisions. So the reporter asked, how are the right decisions made? The bank president said, one word, experience. Finally, the reporter asked, how do you get experience? The bank president responded, two words, wrong decisions. So Paul is saying here is, in verse 12, that he has learned a secret. What secret has Paul learned? He has learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In other words, the secret is that Paul learned how to make himself independent 
of his circumstances. Paul's, Paul's secret is that it does not matter if you are dealt with positive or negative circumstances in your life. Paul says that we can live independent of our worldly circumstances. Some Christians have the knowledge that God is in control. But how many of us allow God to control our lives? Living independent of our circumstances not only requires the knowledge that God is in control, but we must also, with our hearts, give God our control. Now let me ask you a key question. Is there any benefit of giving God control and living independent of our circumstances? Paul says in verse 4 of the same chapter, rejoicing through every circumstances. If you realize that God is in control and that God has a divine plan for us, we can be content, not only content, but rejoice. But rejoice those circumstances. So we know the first reason that, that Paul is content, which is that Paul knows that God is in control. There is a second reason that Paul is content. The second reason of Paul's contentment is Paul has satisfaction with very little. Let me say that again. Paul has satisfaction with very little. We have a family friend we like very much. She is friendly and very loving. But she has one obsession, and that is, she is obsessed with clothes. With clothes. So she used to have so many clothes that it would not all fit in the closet. Finally, this friend and her husband purchased a dry cleaning rack. You know the kind? You can press a button and the rack will spin and the clothes will come to you. Her husband also was a computer guy. So he was going to catalog all the clothes for her, so she knew what number to stop at. However, now she has grown and more spiritually close with God and eliminated much of her wardrobe and given to the poor. If we look to ourselves today, many of us having things in our life which we are obsessed. We can do with the, we can't do with just a little. We are never satisfied, are we? Our wants has turned into needs. Here Paul, in prison, is living on the bare necessities in life. And he is satisfied, he is content. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. But I learned to be content in whatever circumstances God puts me in. Even if Paul had little, he was content. So now, we have learned two keys of Paul's content. When one is a key of understanding that God is in control, which gives the ability to in, be independent of our circumstances and gives us joy. And the second key is a key of satisfaction with whatever little or lot that our loving Father in Heaven gives us. I would like to discuss one more key of contentment, and that is in verse 13. Paul says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Many times this verse is used in prosperity messages. Speakers will say, don't worry ladies and gentlemen, you can do everything. That, that say, then they say, if you put your 
mind into it, saying, I can, I, I think I can, I think I can. You can do everything. But Paul's message is very clear. It is through Christ that makes the impossible possible. Paul is saying that you can face whatever circumstances that God puts for you in your life. How do you face it? You can face it because Christ gives you the strength to face it. That, my dear brothers and sisters, is the third key to contentment. It is the key of being sustained by divine power. No matter what situation that God is letting you go through in your life, you can be content because you are sustained by Christ's strength or divine power of Christ. We are not really self-sufficient, we are Christ-sufficient. We are sufficient or content because we are linked to Christ and His power. And what does that gain us? We gain supernatural divine strength to face every situation in our life. When Paul says, I can do all things, he uses a Greek word, iskrios, which literally means to be strong or have strength. So Paul is saying, I am strong enough to go through anything because of him who infuses his strength in me. Paul is simply saying that when God puts me through different situations in life, I'm infused with the strength of Christ to carry me through the situation. If Christ sends us through a situation in life, Christ will give us the strength to go through that situation. The key is that we should be living in the will of Christ and not in our own will. If we are living in His will, Christ will give us this power and strength. Of these three points, that one that has helped me through the valleys in my life is God's all-powerful strength being with me through the valley. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. God's power is with us through the most difficult circumstances. In our family, we have dealt with the family death. We have dealt with many surgeries. We have dealt with the cancer. We have dealt with the family members being away from God. I'll be honest and say, I have not always been content in those situations. But I remember the peace that God gave me in those difficult times. Because I knew He was with me. Sometimes we don't get answers immediately to our difficulties. But while we are in the valley, we should never forget to ask ourselves, what truth does God want me to understand through this suffering? You see, God has a particular message to, del to deliver when we go through those sufferings. God has some thoughts to share and he has some heavenly desires to accomplish through you and I. We should never forget this. It is a great blessing if we can understand God desires through our suffering and thus become more like Him. I would like to spend a few moments speaking on the power of God. 
The most important part of verse 13 is where it says, Through him who gives me strength. If we did not have the divine strength of God, we would not be powerful to combat these different situations in our life. In the next few minutes, I would like to use the things of this world as an example to understand God's divine presence and strength in our difficult situation. The first example is fire. Some people, when they are going through difficult situations, they will say, I am going through a trial of fire right now. I am going through a trial of fire right now. When you are going through those fiery situations, there are a few things that should comfort us. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We all know that when the Israelites traveled through the wilderness for 40 years, God gave them a pillar of fire to travel by night. Although fire can be dangerous, it provides us light and warmth. So when we are going through fiery situations in life, God can bring us contentment by allowing that fire to bring us more light. How does light bring us contentment? The light represents us having a better understanding about God in our life. The more understanding we have about Christ, the more light is in our life and the more condemned we are. So what else does God do when we go through fiery situations? In the book of Daniel, we read about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego being thrown into a blazing fiery furnace. Do you remember how hot that fire was? It was so hot that it killed the soldiers who threw the three men into the furnace. Yet, what did God do to these three men who were trying to live a life pleasing to God? King Nebuchadnezzar observed four people walking in that fiery furnace. So what did God do for them? God reduced the power of that fire. And God put his presence there. Dear friends, sometimes God allows the fiery situations in our life so that we get more light or understandings into our lives. Sometimes God let us go through fiery situations so that we can feel his presence and realize that his divine power can reduce the power of that fire. Just like these three young men who will come out of that fiery trial glorifying God. Not only, not only will we glorify God, when we come out of that fire, even those who do not know God, such as King Nebuchadnezzar, will glorify God. So, so the first example of divine strength in our lives during difficult situations is fire. The second example is storms. Sometimes we might call our trials as storms, or we might say that we are in testing waters. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, rivers they will not sweep over you. The disciples, when, when in the Sea of Galilee, was, were caught in a storm. 
they were scared of their lives. Yet, they had forgotten one thing, that the Lord is with them. Dear friends, when we are going through stormy situations in life, be content in the fact that all-powerful God is with you. Not only that He is with us, but He has the power to calm the storms, and He will calm the storms in His time. But you should never fear because, as this passage in Isaiah says, when you pass through the testing of waters, I will be with you, and they will not sweep over you. In other words, they will not overwhelm you. You will not drown in the, drown in the storms of life. There are some situations in our lives where God does not deliver us by calming the storms. He delivers us by splitting the waters. The children of Israel, as they were fleeing the land of Egypt, thought their lives would end. Behind them was a whole fleet of Egyptian army. Before them was a huge sea. They did not know where to go. In that moment, God splits the Red Sea into two and gave them dry land to walk on till they are safely on the other side. Sometimes God's power calms the storms of life. Sometimes he splits the waters, as like he did for the Israelites to cross the Red Sea. And sometimes he allows us to walk on the waters like he did for Peter. One thing is for sure, in all those situations, God's, God gives us grace and he is with us and watching over us. We have a life jacket in the Lord for any storms of life. So we talked about fire and water as two examples. Now let us talk about the roaring lion. Roaring lion. Testing also can be come in the form of a roaring lion. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, very familiar words, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The enemy, the devil, the Satan, is always trying to tempt you to do everything that is ungodly and sinful and that is displeasing in the eyes of God. When we read the story of Samson, that when he was confronted with a young lion, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Dear friends, have you have to deal with the test of the devil or Satan? God can deliver us by giving the power that comes from the Spirit of the Lord to tear that devil away from our lives and not make him a threat anymore. Don't think that in every situation that God delivers us by giving us the power to tear the lion apart. In some situations, God delivers us by keeping the mouth of the lion shut. We all know the story about Daniel and the lion's den. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, God showed his power by closing the mouth of the lions. If Christ is with you, he will give you the strength to do all things. Not because you have the power to conquer these fears, but because he can strengthen you to conquer these fears. Do you know why we can have confidence in Christ's power? We can have confidence in Christ's power because he himself has undergone all the sufferings that 
that, that we have gone through. His power of conquering fears was shown on the cross where he died for you and me. Through salvation, we have direct access to his power. Now, if poverty seeks me, I will not crumble because the one who strengthens me is building a mansion for me. If diseases search me, I will not be weak because the one who gives me strength is living in me and through me. If you become a widow or widower, he is the Lord that promises, I will never leave you. Let death come and seek me. I am the one that is content with death because I have the strength of the one who conquered death. And I can say like Paul, O death, where is thy sting? Because he lives, whatever the circumstances in life, I will not crumble and fall. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let me say those profound words of Paul one more time. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. A person who sees his wealth in Christ is never poor. A person who sees in his health in Christ is never a sick person. A person who sees his life in Christ will never see decomposition. That is the speciality of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He will be your Lord. And you have the Lord who will hold your hand. You might be weak, but all the powerful God, all powerful God is able to strengthen you. He is my shepherd. If I like wisdom and you call me weak, I'm content because the Lord is my wisdom. Even if there is no one in this world for me, even if everyone forsakes me, my Lord will be there with loving arms because he has promised he will never forsake me. At the very end, at the very end, if death calls me and the gates of death open, Christ will be there with life and resurrection in front of me. When Christ gives us strength, there are no boundaries or limitations. May God bless us through this world. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word today. Oh Lord, we ask for your grace today in helping us to be content, no matter what situation, what we face in our lives. Father, we thank you that you are all-powerful God who gives us the strength to conquer every situation in our lives through your power and deliverance. Father, we are thankful that we have a God who can relate to our sufferings because of the sufferings that he went through for us on the cross. Lord, give us the grace to endure all things through you who strengthens us. We pray all these things in and through the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.